Hey Rockville, it's Susan Pittman. I am in the garage with Jamie Espinoza and Matt Perkins. Hey Rockville. Hey everyone. Up till now we have been doing interviews with people we might know or might not have met before and we thought that today with all candidates certified for the 2023 City of Rockville election and other big news around the city we thought we would just uh, kind of chat and see where we're, we're where our heads are at with all that and uh, start talking about interviewing the rest of the candidates. So, guys, lots going on. Anybody want to open this up? Do we want to start with the election? Start with the city manager resigning? Where do we want to start? You know, I think we can start with the election because some of the candidates have called for the city council to not hire a city manager, so we can talk about that issue. Let's do it. Both end, but so uh, the city has certified 12 candidates for council, or uh, running for council, and then two candidates for mayor. And I will say, driving around the city over the last week or two, I, I have a different sense of this election than I did the one previous and the one previous to that. There's not that many signs. No. The other thing I want to talk about is a lot of the politicos I know here in the city who've been here a long time, who've been predicting this election to have a ton of candidates, were wrong, right? Including like us. Including us. We yeah. were wrong. There's only 12 candidates. So statistically, that's almost a 50% chance. Obviously, they won't be because they're not all going to work that hard. But, yeah. wow. Yeah, no. Seems like you don't have to work quite as hard this time, and people seem seems to be kind of a low energy. What are you seeing, Matt? Well, I think it's obvious that the candidates who really excited people four years ago are not running this time. Two of us are sitting around this table. Fair enough. I have to, just full disclosure, Matt and I both ran last time, and I am currently the treasurer of Rockville United. It is a slate with Monique Ashton uh, as the mayoral candidate, Marissa Valeri, Kate Fulton, Paul Scott, and Azula Shaw. And and I am the chair of that slate, a figurehead who expects to do nothing. I'm not involved in that slate at all, so I can criticize until uh, the cows come home. Yes, you can. Very, uh, so that'll be exciting. Um, no, the three debates are coming up. I think the first debate is next week, mm -hmm. and then the second debate is the first week of October at F. Scott Fitzgerald, which I think October is the, 5th, I think. Yeah, the League of Women candidate, or the League of Women voters, right? Mm. They're hosting that one. Yeah, I think it's that one. That one's the big one, right? Because it's an evening debate, where the one next week is at like 2 p.m., so no one's going to show up to that one. So the one on October 5th, I think is at 6 or 7 p.m., and that's Good. Traditionally, that's the big one. That's the one that's going to have a packed house. Um, so we'll see, because at some of these debates, it's always interesting to see some candidates don't even show up, right? Like the ones that are at 2 p.m., sometimes people got to work and they can't make it. And uh, October 12th for the final at the Rockville Senior Center, noon to 1.30. Right. Why, why two of three? 
that's the way it was last year, or the last election cycle, too. And the one at the Epscot on October 5th is hosted by um, Community Reach and Rainbow Place Shelter. Oh, okay, I was wrong. Yeah, that's okay. Usually, the League of Women Voters does host an evening one. Usually, there's two evening ones and one daytime one. The Chamber of Commerce is during the day, the yeah. other two in the evening. And the one with the League of Women Voters, you're right, it's at the Senior Center, it's huge, it's at night, it's yeah. a big deal. Well, now it's during the day. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Voters. Yeah. So I, I still think that's got the show will be the big one. Yeah, because people can go. I, I was yeah. really, it's unfortunate that two of the of the candidate forums are during the workday. I think that does not, that's a little anti-democratic, I think. I think that makes it very difficult for people to attend and participate in the election process. So let's talk a little bit about the candidates, all right? So I spent, because I knew you were doing this podcast, I went on Google. Okay. I had already gone on Google when I saw the certified electors, but I'm always interested in what people's websites look like and whatnot. So this is off of the city's website. Let's talk about the council candidates first. The first guy, Daniel Belay. Anybody know of Daniel Belay? Heard of him? I think he was on um, the Board of Elections. He was, briefly. And I, I don't know anything about him. I also, and before we like get too deep into this, I just want to remind everybody that the Hey Rockville podcast is not about like a bunch of gotchas and running people down. So we're going to chat, and it'll be a friendly chat. It's not going to, you know, we yeah. might ask, we have questions. We have a lot of questions, and maybe it'll help the candidates on when we invite the rest of them. Right, and we invite yeah. all the candidates on the podcast. Yeah. No, but I looked up, He did, as far as I can tell, he doesn't have an election website or an election mm. Facebook page. He did make an announcement on his LinkedIn, and sounds like a young, professional, exciting person. I'd just be more curious to know, you know about him, his positions, and why he's running. Yeah, So Absolutely. Second candidate uh, is Kate Fulton, who I do know, I, has a website, has a Facebook page, has been out and about. Um, the third person running is Richard Godfrey, who I think we all know has run numerous times. Mm -hmm. uh, has signs out there. Y'all's neighbor in Twinbrook. Yeah, he's a Twinbrooker. The fourth candidate is Harold Hodges, who I know nothing about. Harold Hodges, I think, applied when uh, Julie Polakovich Carr stepped down from council. I think that he was one of the many people who applied for that position. I did not find a website for him or a Facebook page or a LinkedIn page or any announcement at all explaining his candidacy. Uh, Matt, jump in here if you've heard of any of these people. I don't, I don't want to analyze these people. I just, you know, yeah. they, for the listeners. So Matt, Jamie and and our spouses, we've been friends for ten years and we fight and we talk over each other. You have to just jump in. Yeah. Oh, I'm just waiting for the moment. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Any, any moment. That. Any moment. Just thing. So uh, Daniel I also looked up, had very little success finding anything. Found an Instagram page that really didn't address his candidacy. So Daniel, if you hear us, please come on the pod. Absolutely, and uh, and if you need help, ask for it. Okay, this is one of my biggest advice to candidates: ask for help. Get your name out there. Ask for help. How about Harold Hodges? Have you ever heard of him? No, no, no. Look, finding anything about him. Barry Jackson, uh, we interviewed. We As did. a website is yep. out there, right? Yep. You know, I don't have much else to say about that. Um, Ricky Mew does have presence. Uh, has a website. Uh, has signs out there. Um, 
I think it's Moy. Is Moy. It Moy? Okay. Ricky Moy. Moy. Ricky Moy. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, David Miles, who I think we know is a sitting council member. And uh, we'll have to talk about him. Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll double back. We'll double back. Anita Neal Powell doesn't have a website, doesn't have Facebook, but is a presence in Rockball. Has been around for a long time, is highly involved. It doesn't look like she did any, unless she's going to release a bunch of stuff and it's all going to be organized. I'm just kind of surprised that she doesn't have the organization out there yet as of late September. Mrs. Powell has been around for a long, long time, and she right. is well-known in the city. She's on the Historic District Commission, and I'm sure she's got some support and yeah. help. So. Paul Scott, who's out, who is part of Monique Ashton's slate, is out there, has a website, you know, mm-hmm. put together candidate. Um, from my perspective, is Shaw, same thing. She's out there on Monique's slate. Marissa Valeri, same thing. Um, and Adam Bangrak, who I personally think has the biggest internet presence out of any of the candidates that I've seen at least. Uh, he's always posting on Facebook yep. next door, and I'm always, yeah, and just disclosure, I'm following all these candidates, all their websites. Um, he also has signs, and um, yeah, so it's an interesting race among the city council members. Now, circling back, Matt, to what we wanted to talk about was David Miles. Uh, listeners don't know, he has addressed it to a certain point and has been in the news in multiple outlets, but there was an incident at his house in early September where him and his wife seem to both have been arrested. I think she called the police. And my understanding is they've both been charged with assault. Um, And I don't want to get too deep. Everyone's presumed innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. We're not here to discuss the allegations. We will say that David Miles did address this at the recent Marion Council and said that he has been awarded custody of his child. and so, and on Reddit, those of you on any Rockville subreddits know that this has been discussed at a certain point, and kind of people's take on it is that she actually may have been the aggressor in whatever incident occurred at their home. He is facing a trial, I think they're both facing a trial, his is scheduled a few days before the election. And the only reason we give you that background is to talk about how it may impact the election. Right. Yeah, we want to stay out of his family business and respect their privacy. But these are all public details. And David also released, um, I think it was an email last, that that just spoke about him stepping back for a little bit of time and and getting himself squared away. So the first question is, do you think he pulls out of the race? I don't know that he even can. I think the ballots are printed. I think he's a certified candidate. I think if he told people not to vote for him. Uh, so here's the thing about elections. like We're talking about this, and the 13 people who listen are going to know about it probably already because they're our friends and neighbors and all that. It, but the, the vast majority of voters are not going to know that anything is wrong. So even if David said, I don't want to be elected, they would they could still vote for him and he could still win and I don't know what the process would be. Do you think he actively stops campaigning? I think he could certainly. I um, before this happened, I expected it to be David Miles on the council of five new people, um, just from name recognition alone and the fact that he worked so hard to get his name out there. 
Um, so I think he could pull out and still win potentially. We won't really know the outcome of the trial, likely if there is, even is one. Um, right, in some there may be a play, the charges may be dropped, who knows what may happen. Right. right. Um, I do think as people start looking at candidates, it'll be impossible to look up David Miles without seeing this. Um, oh, Brett, you put Rockville, David Miles, the local news stories on the local news come up. It's already not the first hit, though. Like, it went from being the first three hits last week or week before last, you know what I'm sure, saying? Like sure. it's dropping further down in the news cycle. I think, well, we'll definitely know if he's actively campaigning, if he shows up at the first debate. Yeah, that's right? true. Right? If he shows up there, then we know he's actively campaigning. If he actively campaigns, I think he wins, regardless of yeah. whatever's going on here. He's a hard worker and a positive person, and there is that name recognition. Right. So, yeah. So just you know, come down to his personal decision and personal life whether or not he can he thinks he can run you know depending on what's going to happen there. So um, all right, can, is this the time to talk about the Team Rockville slate or lack thereof? Yes. So the two candidates for mayor, shockingly, are only Mark Pichela and Monique Ashton. I really thought that there may be a third or fourth entrant, independent entrant into that race. So there isn't. So now it's down to those two. And for listeners who don't know, Monique Ashton ran on Rockville Ford uh, in the last election. That was uh, Mayor Neeson's slate. And Mark Rochella has been on Team Rockville the last few election cycles. Yep. So Mark, it's my understanding that the slate, according to social media, that the slate was originally Mark running with Ricky Moy and David Miles and looking for other candidates. Right, and interjecting their, their most recent post on their Facebook page, this is Team Rockwell's Facebook page in early September, said that they weren't going to announce other right. candidates. And David Miles' webpage said he's looking forward to announce other candidates that will be running for Team Rockwell. So the assumption we made was that there would at least have to be four or five people on the slate, and the thinking there is, you want a if you're going to do a slate, you want a majority of the council, and a majority of the council this time around would be at least a or at least five candidates or four candidates, yeah. right? So to be called to be a slate with anything less than four candidates would be kind of silly, I think. Yeah, and the low-hanging fruit you would think you're putting together a slate would be to get one of the King Farm candidates on your slate since like this is the re revenge of King Farm election it seems like. Right. right. And so for those that don't know, Mark signs say Team Rockville, as do David Miles, they have the Team Rockville logo on them. And Mark came out, I think the day that David Miles is, was charged with the crime, Mark Prishila came out and said that he's running as an independent candidate for mayor. So he's not running as part of the split. So the question has to be asked, did people not want to run with Mark? I don't, you know, this goes back to one of the first things you said, Jamie, that we thought, all of us thought, oh, there's going to be 20, 20 candidates with these two new seats. And there are actually one, there's one fewer candidate this time than there was in 2019, or one fewer spot. I'm sorry. Oh, one fewer candidate than there was in 2019. And two more, and two more seats. 
So it's just very interesting. I mean, Monique does not have a full slate. She's got four. Mark struggled to put together a slate and is now running independently. Um, It's just an interesting year. And usually you think, um, just warning everybody, here comes Dave. Oh, nope, nope. Okay, he side-squirted the door. He's doing something else. it's just a, it's an interesting year. It didn't play out the way anybody thought it was going to play out. And so, is it voter apathy? Is everything going well? And so, well, the one thing I was struck cramming for this podcast and looking at websites, um, all the candidates' platforms as they're expressed, the, the websites were actually pretty short on platform details. But people are talking about. Crime and safety in Rockville, and pedestrian and bicycle safety, and um, there doesn't even seem to be really policy choices right. in what's being offered by the candidates. Well, and I'll, and I'll tell you, out of all the candidates who are running, I don't know that we want to mention them. There's only one who I saw that at some point said, "Oh, we're going to bring a change to Rockville." And my response to that is, I don't think many people are going to want to change. Right? Like what yeah. is it, right? Like what is their Right. My I've been here ten years and when I talk about Rockville to my friends back in Texas, I refer to it still as the land of milk and honey and I'm not being sarcastic about it. It's great here. So do you think um, the low energy I have a theory? I think because my understanding is the first real slate in the last twelve years was Team Rockville with Mark Prishiwa. Mm-hmm. And there it was his beef or you know, perceived beef with Mayor New, and so because he wanted to be, because he couldn't be mayor, he wanted to be a leader on council to the biggest extent possible, and so without Mayor Newton running, Mark has no one. There's no oh, pre-existing right. beef. There's no like dynamic. Like, this is choice A, choice B, developers versus not developers. Monique, I don't know that she comes with the history that Mayor Newton comes with and the right. vote that she had. Monique's been on the council for four years. Yeah. Right? Like, she, I, I don't know that she settled where when the mayor ran, she had been on the council for, what, six years? Right. She had been numerous times yeah. on the council, right? And she had a longer political history and longer beef with Mark. And so, uh, yeah, there's no, um, there's no, no getting away from that beef on his website. There or isn't. Sentence. There isn't. <laughs> it's time we have a leader in the mayor's seat. Um, doesn't say what he would use that leadership for. But there's no foil, right? right. There's no, there's no penguin to his Batman. So it, it makes it hard. He doesn't have anything to fight against because she's not running. Right. So I think that's, that's why. This feels like a low energy election. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see at the debates what people talk about. I am going to go on a limb and say they're all going to sound exactly the same. There's not going to be anybody who has anything crazy. We'll have to ask about beer. Yeah. yeah. Or, or anything. Yeah, exactly. Or anything new or anything surprising or any right. real revelatory policy. Changes that they want to pursue that the other candidates disagree with, and and keeping in mind these candidate forms, having been on one with 13 candidates last time, you're going to get a minute to respond to a question, and you're going to get three questions to respond to. So it'll be very difficult to distinguish yourself. 
Yeah, it's tough. Right. It's really as, a, tough. As, as a council, the mayor um, election will be interesting because there's only going to be two. Yep. Right? They've already had uh, a thing. A thing right. And a friend of mine who was there said it was it was very lopsided. So we'll we'll see how that continues to play out. And what does he mean if you um that Monique did was definitely controlled the court. Right. Yeah. Um so yeah, it'll be did she control the pickleball court. <laughs> well we could also talk about the new pickleball facility that opens on Monday here in Rockville. Did you take the yeah, week so, off? Uh I should. I am playing there multiple times. You already have all your reservations yeah, I do, I have it all set up. But no, back to the election. What's going to be interesting, I think, is some of the candidates have already come, came out and said that they don't want the current council to hire a city manager. As the listeners may know, we have a manager-mayor um, system. The city manager actually manages the city. Uh, so Mark's comment about having a leader in the mayor seat is interesting because the mayor has no additional power other than the mayor gets to nominate members to boards and commissions, right? And then the council votes on it, but that's the only extra... I think legally that's true. That's it, right? but that the mayor gets. Yeah, I mean, the mayor does have the issue. The mayor is the liaison with other mayors sure. with the, uh, frequently with the state and the county. I mean, it's, it's a big, uh, broad role, but I think if you're speaking purely legally, and of course I am not an attorney, um, but I think you're right. There's not a whole lot legally beyond appointing, um, making appointments to the commissions. And she's got to have, the mayor has to have the vote. Like, you're confirmed by the whole council. The mayor does nominate you. So what do you guys think about that? Do you think the current mayor and council should just kind of hang back for the next three, four months and not hire a city manager? It's but, not even at this point. No. Yeah, I don't think they could hire a new city manager if they, they if get they sworn in. Point. Yeah, and they get sworn in almost immediately. I thought it was January. It's not. Oh, no. so about a week. Uh, it's a week later. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. It's quite, so, so then I agree. Then they should wait since we're right there. Yeah, and I, don't, I mean, just logistically, um, I don't think you can do a nationwide search for a highly qualified individual in this amount of time. Well, that's something to talk about. The last city manager served for seven years. Uh, remind me of his name again. It just Rob Despirito. Despirito mm -hmm. served for seven years, and I went back and looked at this because a neighbor of mine said, "Hey, it looks like we go through city managers so fast." Mm -hmm. And it turns out that in cities of under a hundred thousand uh, city managers, the average serving time is five to seven years. Yeah, our guys serve for seven years, and it's because. You know, it's not a 20-year position, one, because it's stressful, I've read. And then two, your bosses are five and now going to be seven council members. And so it's a real political job because you can't keep seven people happy. So they tend to turn through every three to four years. Well, and what makes one, what what made one council like you and want to hire you might be a real turnoff for the next council. And well, I just over... Seven years, the needs yeah. of the city changes, and so you were brought in to do what you were good at, and hopefully you've done it. Right, right. exactly. Right. Now, the interesting thing with his resignation was, my understanding is, he was put on a performance improvement plan, but that was then in closed session, so we don't really know what right. the issues were. HR, and then, yeah, and HR should be dealt with in closed session. Right. That's nobody's business. Well, should... 
I don't really. I mean, I, I don't see. I'm torn on this because my understanding is the city hires or the city council hires three people directly: the city manager, the city clerk, and the city attorney. And then those staff, those people hire their staff. So I agree with you. When those people hire staff, that should all be secret. But with the three that are hired by the city council, I'm not so sure they should be secret or that secret. I mean. I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. Arguing toward transparency. Right. Like, well, I mean, if there's been malfeasance or something like that, you know, sure, yes. But some things, I don't know. I think some things. An issue serious enough to be on a performance improvement plan. Right. At, okay. at that level. I see your point. an issue that directly impacts the city and city governance. Right. Right, yeah, no, I so because they get to hire them, I kind of think everything should be public because the thing that the council may not like that they're doing, the city residents actually may like, right? Yeah. And I was actually surprised a city manager would get put on a performance approval plan, and, and my assumption was that was just to cover the CYA for the city. Sure, yeah, that's probably true. Prior yeah. to prior to termination. And it may have been time to get his ducks in a row to put in his resignation, right, potentially. Because as you guys remember, there was controversy when the former city attorney was removed from her position a few years back. Same thing with city clerk. I mean, those positions are very political. Um, and so we'll see how the next mayor and council handle that because my understanding is the only vacancy is now the city manager we do have a city clerk mm -hmm. and we do have a city attorney we do right. and i think what's going to be interesting and why i feel pretty good about the timing is that we have some candidates um who have a lot of business background and executive backgrounds and i think they'll be you know if they win and i think at least a few of them probably will I think they bring a lot of professional experience. So let me ask you two, since you both ran for council in the last election, what do you think of how these candidates are running their elections? And I say that because I remember in the last election there was a ton more signs by this point. Every candidate had knocked on my door, mm -hmm. where this year around none have at this point. Um, I had been to numerous fundraisers, and I feel like this year the candidates aren't doing as many. And <laughs> there have been a couple that have occurred outside the city limits of Rockville. Right. I just want to point that out to the candidates. When you choose an establishment to host a fundraiser at, people do notice if it's in the city or not. So check your maps. At least 10 people notice. Only <laughs> <laughs> three of them listen to this podcast. So. Um, yeah, it does seem a lot less active than last time. Well, I was not on the slate. Um, you got to raise money to do stuff or right. or fund yourself or a combination of both. Um, in that, because of that, I'm not surprised we haven't seen mailers. Um, I have been surprised. The only candidate who has come to my house, I think, aside from Marissa Valeri, who's a neighbor, um, was David Miles, and that was probably in May. Um, and let's talk about that, because yeah. he came around not in a political role. When he did that, he came around in his council 
role, I think. Uh, ostensibly, maybe, but yeah. it, you know, he was still at least in his conversation with me at that point undecided about running yet, um, but out there to meet and greet and sure. I suppose sure. remind people who he is, I, and that's it. Um, I've had an embarrassment of riches compared to you guys. I've had just about everybody knock on my door. Um, you're, you're close to the West End. I. Oh wow. Where candidates are elected. Unfortunately, East Rockville does not get to really. That that yeah. will come up in my argument around the. I know. I know. I know. Um, I forgot. They've all they've come. Well, they've activity. all come here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I think. That um, that money thing. That's the for for candidates that are working class. It's very hard not to run on a slate. And at you and I, I was on a slate last time because I could not afford to run on my own. You you did it right. You ran on your own, and it got neither of us elected. <laughs> so, um, but I it you know. I'm not so naive as to think that my association with Rockville Forward had nothing to do with how well I did and how close I got. It had all of it to do with it. I mean, I'm not, I think I was a, a decent candidate and um, I did know people from my time as East Rockville Civic Association president. I was on the Peerless Rockville board, all that, blah, blah, blah. Um, but that the slate is what really slingshotted me towards the top. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if I've given my defense of slates here before. I, as an independent last time, but a lot of the other independent candidates harbored a lot of anger towards slates or resentment. Right. Um, I feel like in a municipal election in a city like Rockville, what you want to do is vote for somebody you know or somebody your neighbors know, and, and the slates are a good avenue potentially for somebody you know vouching for another person yeah so extending that social network so i think they're important and they do make a big difference i believe for candidates i'm surprised none of the other unaligned tried to do that um but i guess diving deeper on like performance of the candidates yeah it, it takes some money and slates help in getting signs and definitely mailers and maybe help getting people to walk. Though, as a if you're going to be on the city council, you should be able to convince a couple of your friends to go out walking with you in the neighborhood. Uh, but where it doesn't really make any difference at all is social media. Mm -hmm. And I've seen very little social media presence by most of the candidates. You, you mentioned Adam Van Greg. Right. Um, Marissa is, is on. Twitter and Instagram quite regularly. Uh, that's about it for me. Just looking at some of the Instagram pages, for example, today, and, and posts are few and far between. Where do you think this apathy is coming from? And I say that because in the 2019 election, people, the candidates were posting every day. And part of it, I'm sure, is self-fulfilling when you're out there campaigning and see the other candidates posting on a daily basis. You know you have to. Right. So, so you're saying that other, so other candidates knocking on because in the last election people were bragging of how many times they've gone around the city knocking on doors, right? There's some candidates who said they've done it twice, right? Mm -hmm. uh, other candidates saying they've knocked on every door. So it's a, like it's a it's an arms race. If candidates in this election aren't seeing people raising a ton of money or, or knocking on doors, they don't feel the urge or need to have to 
compete. Right, and uh, you know, it seems <laughs> based on the follow-up activities that there are a couple people who um, got their candidacy official, and maybe decided they they weren't really into it, or maybe they decide that their name is is cachet enough, and they don't have to. So, so I do have a theory on some of the candidates who don't seem as organized in any of these city elections. There are people who are plugged into the city. Maybe they volunteer on a board of commission. Maybe they're aware of who the mayor and council members are. Maybe they're part of their neighborhood association. People say to them, you should run. Yeah, you should run. And they think it's a good idea. They get their 100 votes because they know 100 people. And then they get into the race and realize, oh, whoa. I have to raise at least $10,000 to be a competitor, right? Up to 2025 is what we're looking at now, right? In the last really? election, I mean, I looked at all the financials in the last election, with the exception of, of Gottfried, um, Richard, right? Richard Gottfried. Yeah. The candidates won were the people raising the most money. Right. Right? So, um, so maybe people become overwhelmed and stop running as much, potentially. You could. I, I mean, I've heard from a, several of the candidates that fundraising is alarmingly slow, but then it really feeds on itself. If you're not out there knocking on doors, if you're not posting on social media, if you're not actively updating your website, if you're not showing up at stuff and getting your name out, then people are not going to be inclined to give you money. You You have to be known. You have to say, hello, I am, and this is what I want to do for us in the city and I want to hear what you need as well and it's not just name recognition it's known and I think um, that's that's where we're seeing some you know people are generally happy with the city of Rockville life is good we've got the Bridget Mark thing that's not there and then I think there's that as well and I think too last thing I'm sorry I know you're gonna jump in Matt is that we have younger candidates it, were you going to say that? I got, I'll, 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 I'll get out of your head. I was actually a generational shift. Go ahead, Matt. I'll get out of your head. We're in the middle of a generational shift. Perhaps you'd like to expound upon that. Oh, sure. Yeah. But it, they work. Like, Kate's got kids at home. Marissa's got kids at home. Paul has three sort of grown kids. I mean, Adam's got a, a kid at home. They They are working adults with kids and families, and it makes it really hard. Go ahead, man. I, yeah, the, the striking thing to me as I thought about the candidates, not knowing all of them, but uh, all the ones I do know, I think, are younger than me, with the exception of Mark. Yeah. So could one of the other issues have been that a lot of the candidates in the last election had run for council, right? Barrow had run. Yeah. He was an incumbent. Um, the mayor had run, Mark had run, Virginia yeah. had run, right? Where this time around, two of the incumbents are running against each other for mayor, and then there's only one incumbent running right. for council. Right. 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 And I will say, last time in 2019 for Rockville Forward, Ed Feinberg, Beryl's husband, was our ace in the hole. The man knocked every single door in Rockville and gave every person all of our literature. Well, I'm happy you brought about that. So, but the generational shift, 
not but, only is it in candidates, it's in the politicos, is the term I use, right. who aren't on the ballot, but are very plugged into the city, have an interest of who's going to be on council, who they're not involved in. Right, because Ed was retired. Ed's retired. He could do it. He right. could knock doors all day, five days a week. I mean, it, that's the... Right, and there's a lot yeah. of it, right? I mean, as you were calling that election, there was a lot of it. There's a lot of people right. who are who were young retired, who were involved, and who now are old retired and not involved. And yeah, not involved. They don't know the candidates anymore, and just don't. You know, they're just at a different stage in life. Right. So, so maybe that's it. Yeah. No, I'm sure that's it. And I, you know plugged into uh, an older generation that had been here for a while, maybe had some money to spend on the election right. for the place they cared about. Oh, you know, just in my neighborhood, a lot of the older residents are moving out over the last couple of years. So the thing that hasn't happened in this election that I really thought was going to happen was I thought the candidates were going to focus on the question that mm. voters get to vote on, and I thought the candidates were going to pick a side and that we'd actually have um, a contrast of positions on these, and we don't at this point. I hope the candidates get asked these at the debate about their positions on these questions, because it could draw distinctions. And just to be very clear, these are questions that are non-binding resolutions. This is basically the people of Rockville giving their opinion to mayor and council and the city staff on a series of, of issues recommended by the Charter Review Commission. Right. So we're not, Jamie, I'm going to have Jamie tee these up for us, but um, these questions, if you say you want a lower voting age, that doesn't mean there's going to be a lower voting age. It just means that your opinion's been noted. Right. And, and the mayor council, you know, they'll have political pressure potentially to have to move on them. Maybe. Right. Maybe. But uh, I, I predict that most voters will not have thought of any of these questions until they see it on their ballot, right? So yeah. with that in mind, let's go through each one. The first one is, the first question voters get to vote on is whether or not Rockville should lower the voting age to 16. Are we round robining this? What, what are we doing? What are your guys' thoughts on it? I'm, I'm comfortable discussing each one of these questions because none of them impact anything I'm involved in. I'll start the first question and then Sure. Yeah, I'd like to see the voting age lowered to 16. It helps establish a pattern of citizenship. Uh, the number of additional votes, it's not like it's going to sway an election, but also, you know, younger people de deserve a voice in determining how the city that they live in is run, I believe. And I don't think, I, I think 16 is perfectly old enough to weigh options and come to an informed decision that that process may look different for a 16 year old than a 45 year old but it also looks different for a 70 year old and a 45 year old yep i would agree with matt i think you learn to be a good citizen by being a good citizen and the sooner you start that the better and i think a city election is the perfect place for 16 and 17 year olds to begin their civic lives and I, I really feel very strongly about this. I also think, and I got shot down every time I brought this up, there should be an ex officio student member of every board and commission in the city. Anybody who's in high school or, or at Montgomery College maybe, 
but definitely starting at the age of 16, maybe 16 to 21. I don't know. They'll but, never fell on. But that's okay. It's, we'll get it's to my okay. Point here no, no, no. Here's the thing. It's okay. And I know your anti point, and I'm going to let you make it. But it's okay that they're not filled. It's an opportunity that kids have. We just be, we don't fill the regular spots. We're still short of one or two people on planning commission. I mean, we don't fill spots anyway. Grown ups don't take the spots. It's just an opportunity, and it should be there for kids, young so, adults. So to be the voice of opposition on this in light of the fact that the report put together by the Charter Review Commission said that they could not think of any reason not to, right? They had no cons for this. Um, and potentially losing one or two or five listeners is, I don't care what a 16-year-old has to say about anything, ever. They're 16, they're a child, I could care less. One, show me a 16-year-old who's not going to vote for who their parent voted for in a municipal election. Oh, wait till you have a 16-year-old. Hold my beer. <laughs> in a yeah. municipal election. I get in a federal presidential election, 18-year-olds would be like, oh, my dad's a Republican, or my dad's a Democrat, I'm going to vote for somebody else. But in a municipal election, they're not going to. Oh. They're just going to vote for whoever the parents are going to vote. I don't know about that. I don't. I don't know. I and I don't think Matthew Pittman's the exception. I but he his picks his picks from over this election are not totally identical to mine. I will tell you that we had a robust talk about this the other day on the phone. And the boards and commissions that do have student members can never fill them with somebody who wants to participate. That's well, okay. And here's why: because they're 16. Maybe 17 they, or 18. They got other stuff going on. 17, 18, 19, all the way up to 21. They could, we might fill them. We might fill them with Montgomery College students and not high school students. So here's my prediction. I predict that this ballot initiative will pass, and I predict that we'll have one vote against, and you guys will know who the vote It'll against will be. We'll know. <laughs> so but here's the one. real question, because it doesn't. Here's the here's something kind of cynical. It doesn't matter if it passes referendum or not, right? It's non-binding. What will happen? Do you, given our current field of 12 council candidates? Are we going to see 16-year-old voters in the next four years? I think yes. there's, you know, there's a critical mass who would definitely vote for it. Okay. I think this council, the next council, will vote for this because they're going to view it as not controversial. So seven out of the 12, if the if the residents vote yes, they'll vote for it. And let's just hope the city clerk and her staff can manage a separate list, right, to register these people because they can't use right. The registration comes from the county. And the county won't be registering 16-year-olds. Well, maybe so she's maybe going to, have to implement something different. This will be the change needed to get our city a little more data savvy. Yeah, and here's the other thing. I ran the numbers at some point. And I wish I had written them down. But you're looking at the senior class of uh, and some of the juniors from Richard Montgomery. Then you're looking at a few kids from Wooten and a few kids from Rockville High School. How many kids are you talking about, Susan? We're talking like like maybe 500 kids, I think, was the last time I counted. It was like maybe 500 kids would be eligible to vote. Well, well, hold on. There's kids in private schools here. That's true. So let's add another like... Let's say 1,000. Okay, 1,000 kids. Let's say that's enough to swing. I don't think it's 1,000, though. Not senior. You're talking about some of the, half the junior class plus the seniors. And some. No, I was 16 after my sophomore year, and I was right. May birthday. So yeah. the whole junior, almost the mm, entire junior. It's class. not the whole junior class. But it's more than half. All right, so. I think it's junior, senior class, 16, 17, 17. I still 18, don't think yeah. it's that many people. But, but 
Jamie, if they're all voting the way their parents vote, it won't change um, the percentages at all. Until the 2027 election where you have some dumb 18-year-old who's running for city council and we end up with an 18-year-old mayor because they're able to get all their... We, know, we have had high school students run in the past and... And not come in last. Right, second to last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll conversation last time with a candidate who finished last in that election. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if he was over. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what. I don't think so. I think it was like since it came up. <laughs> all right. So okay, moving on. Next ballot initiative. The voters will be able to vote on whether or not we should permit non-citizens to vote in municipal elections. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Is it my turn to start? I think if you live here, you should be able to vote in a municipal election. It's a municipal, non-political election. And I also want to just quickly apologize for the buzzing sound. Dave's mining yard. So sorry about that. But yeah, I, I just think if you live here, you should have a say in what goes on here. And I also think that when you engage people and you... Give them a little bit of a say in what goes on, that they are more likely to want to become a citizen. They are more likely to be good citizens and good residents and I and people we want to stay here. Matt. Well, it's your turn. So I'm torn on this one, but not for negative reasons, I think. So the reason I'm torn on is I am concerned that someone who registers for a municipal election may be confused when they register accidentally for a federal or state election and then is charged criminally. We're in Maryland, so let's be honest, they won't be because we don't charge anybody. (laughs) No, no, but I'm just concerned. That's true. They may get confused and vote. Now, is that a reason to not do it? No, but it is something to be very cognizant of. of, You know, people might get confused. And and don't say they won't, because people try to vote in the city of Rockville elections because their mail says Rockville on it, even though they live outside the city limits. So people get confused when it comes to this kind of stuff. So that's my only con, but I will be voting for it. Matt? I hadn't thought of that concern. definitely will have to be dealt with um, if it passes and gets enacted. Personally, I'm for it. Um, you know, the, the standard kind of citizenship-based exclusions I don't think apply to municipal elections. Like, uh, there there is no reason to worry that somebody will vote disingenuously in the city of Rockville because it will benefit Sichuan. Um, and and I know a number of people who are not allowed to vote, my wife being one in the city of Rockville, a good friend of mine in um, Kensington, so, so it wouldn't apply to him, but just a good example of you know why people can be here without being able to even apply for citizenship. My wife uh, is a Dutch citizen, isn't interested in changing that right now. Um, but we own a house in Rockville, so I think she should have a, a say in who's the mayor and who's on the council. Um, again, I have a good friend living nearby who has been living in the U.S. for over 20 years, but he's on a work visa, he's on a professional visa. 
uh, Kensington is his home, uh, he will never be able to apply for permanent residency or become a citizen unless he goes back to Honduras, lives, goes through the process of applying for permanent residency, comes back and waits several years, but you know, why shouldn't he be able to vote for uh, the local issues that impact him directly every day? So we're all for it. So here's the next question. Did the next mayor and council pass it? Because I don't think they're going to feel political pressure to address it other than if the voters pass it, which I think they will. I think it'll be close, but I think voters will pass it. I don't think it will pass. You don't? Oh, okay. So we disagree there. All right. I, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be super close, but I think it's going to pass. I think if it passes, just thinking, let's, if we just say, I think that seven of the 12 candidates would probably pass it. I mean, there could be a combination of candidates who get elected, and a majority might not really want it. But I think just thinking about who we know is a, a viable candidate with a social media presence and all that kind of thing, and some fundraising happening, it just seems like whatever combination gets in, they probably pass it. What do you think? If it does pass, you're saying it won't pass, but if it does pass, it yeah, it, it really depends on the makeup of who gets yeah. on the council and and who's doing the electing, you know, and and we're in a city where I think close to forty percent of the population is foreign born, right? Um, but we're really talking about what will be the recommendation of a subset of people who get to vote and do vote, which is very different, and and I think there's enough of a kind of reflexive sentiment that voting is for citizens, that if you haven't taken time to wrestle with the issue a little bit, um, the, the default is just going to be to vote now. Okay, that's fair. I, I think I think it passes barely, and I think the next mayor and council will prove it on a split vote. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think it would be a unanimous. Um, I just think there's so many people here who work in federal government, state department, and in like embassies and stuff that make Rockville their own that there'll be enough pressure there. Alright, so the last three, an easy one to talk about, is implement rank choice voting. Who's up first? You are. I am. No. And here's why. Nobody understands rank choice voting seems to be difficult anywhere it's implemented, and I don't know that our city staff should be burdened with having to figure it out personally. But that's, you know, my kind of view. I'm, I, but I don't feel strongly about it. I agree, definitely. I, I mean, I, I would like to see it at the state level, potentially, especially if we're in a more divided state, right. <laughs> or equal state, I guess. Um, but, Definitely in primaries, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, but for a municipal election, especially, uh, you know, regarding city council, where the top six vote getters are getting the seats, it, it would just be silliness. Right. I really like the idea of ranked choice voting, but I do think that we're at a weird, I see the point about we're kind of at a weird size and that it makes it a little problem, it makes it problematic. Right. So yeah, I think, I, I don't even, and I'm not sure people understand it, or it's a priority, and it's, it, even people who do understand it, I'm not sure it's a priority. So I don't know that, even if it passes both the referendum and 
the mayor and council pass it, I don't know that it's a real priority. I could see this being one of those things where it gets buried on an agenda late in the term. I think not. I find the lawn mowing very soothing. Do you? I think it's actually the fan. At first, I saw him with the, his his noise canceling headphones and get in yard equipment, and I thought, oh, he's mowing, but he's do, do you fan. think it passes? Probably. Yeah. I would think. It's kind of a buzzword. Right. Yeah. So I think. Um, yeah, kind of. Liberal political establishment types really like yeah, that idea. That's what I want to uh, say. So I think, yeah, it would be hard not to pass if it's recommended. I think it passes. Do you think the next mayor and council will pass? If they do, it's it's not the first year. I don't think this is a pro I don't think it should be a priority right. either. Matt, uh, it's too far away for me to even guess that. Four I, years away. I think if city staff says. You know, it was 10% of the cost of all money. Mm -hmm. They're anti it. It yeah. seems like a big burden. I don't think the mayor council passed it. If the city staff is ambivalent, I think the mayor council passed it because it's an easy one. Yeah, that is a good, uh, that's a good point. All right, last two. First one is set term limits for mayor and council. I think it's two consecutive terms on council would be the limit. Matt, I think you're up first. Are you for or against it? I'm against it. I, I like to have turnover within any government, um, but the voters should be taking care of that themselves. Yeah, so let people run and let the voters decide. Are, are you worried about incumbency? Because that's always the argument is incumbency. I, I mean, there is a benefit to having some incumbency. It provides continuity right. and just knowing how to run a meeting and, and what to prioritize. So. Um, no, I think there's a value in it, and there's a steep learning curve for people who are new in government positions. So that that just argues against term limits for me again. But I think let's do it. Let's burn it all down. Susan, term limits? Um, I would rather see staggered terms than term limits for the reasons Matt has stated. And also, um, you know, there is a stipend when you're on council. But it's not your career. You're not feeding your family off of it. I mean, it's a stipend. It's not that. It's okay. But I mean, this is Montgomery County, Maryland. It is not enough to feed, do anything with. So um, people aren't running to make a living. So if they want to do it, we should let them do it. Right. To recruit potential candidates. Right. I, I think the city council stipend is about thirty-three thousand. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much work. They do so much work. So yeah, I'd rather I I don't like that idea, and I'd rather see uh, I'd rather see the terms staggered. Yeah. No, I agree with Matt fully on this. I am always opposed against term limits uh, because I think people should vote for who they want. I realize the problems with incumbency that brings. But at the end of the day, I'd rather vote for who I want. The only person, the only place I'd like to see term limits is the U.S. Senate. Um, so the qu next question is, do the voters pass this? Would they want to vote for term limits? What do you think? My guess is no, they don't. It's popular, but it never seems to pass. Yeah. What do you think, Sue? I think it's going to be really close. I would not be surprised. I, I think people are tired of having the same people. We've had the same people on council for a long time, and they are beloved by their supporters. But at the same time, people are tired of the same people. This may be the year where term limits would pass. 
whereas in a year, like maybe next time, where everyone's relatively new, people wouldn't be so hard pressed to pass it. So it might not, but I think if it does, it's going to be because of that. Uh, so uh, I'm going to make a couple of predictions here. I think this is going to be a low turnout election, even though we have mail ballots. I, I just don't think people are that plugged in. I don't think the candidates are getting people as excited. Um, because I think it's going to be a low turnout election, I think it passes because the people who are going to vote are the most activists, and real activists would like the idea of turmoil. So that's kind of my answer. If it does pass, do you think the next mayor and council will approve it? No, I don't. I don't, I don't know. What do you think, Matt? I think they would because nobody plans on being mayor or city council member in Rockville for three or four terms in a row. I agree with Matt. I think the next mayor and council would approve it because they'd all be newbies. Well, nobody wants to be the person who didn't set term limits on themselves. Right. It's like giving yourself a raise. Nobody wants to be that person. All right, I say the, the. I would like to be that person. I say the. You're the only one. The most controversial one for last. I think the most controversial. Create representative districts. Uh, it comes down to you have to go on. Uh, you have to be official. You have to announce how you feel about. So here you you timed this round robin to make me have exactly. to go first That's on the term, on the uh, district question. Okay, I'm already on record as not, as not liking it, and here is why. I think we're already. This city, this whole city of neighborhoods thing, it's got its charm to a certain degree, but I feel very much that it has divided us as a little microculture of a city, right? I feel like it has allowed some of our neighborhoods to wall themselves off, metaf metaphorically. I mean, not, we don't have gated communities here because I would move if we did. Um, I am very concerned that, and I realize that the suggestions of the Charter Review Commission are not this, but those were just suggestions. Um, if Twinbrook, East Rockville, and Lincoln Park are all lumped together in one district, we will not have, rep East Rockville and Lincoln Park will not have representation on council. It will always be someone from Twinbrook. No offense, guys, but it will always be someone from Twinbrook. So they would have to really take a look at how they're going to district. You've got King Farm with NHOA. You've got all kinds of different situations. So I I feel that it is not good for city unity to create districts. Um, I feel like we should be working together. And if there are districts, there needs to at least be some at-large seats as well. Do you think the and I'm going to do it a little differently this time. Do you think it passes? Do you think voters vote for it? I'm the only person I know who doesn't like it. So, yes, I think it passes. So this will be the lone vote against it where you know who that was. So this big, the next question is, is the next mayor and council approve it? Yeah, I think so. I think a, a preponderance of them will, are probably for it and will we'll pass it. They don't want to be the people who don't pass it, right? Right. So I'll say this. I... I hate the fact that we have to vote on this non-binding question without knowing what those districts would be. Yep. Right? However, I'm for it because I think 
the the acrimony that you see on mayor and council and the fighting sometimes it would be lessened with districts because if you're dealing with someone on council who's in a different district now it all becomes about um, cutting deals oh my whole thing is if I okay let's just say let's just say that there's an east side district and I win it right let's just say that you I will fight tooth and nail for my neighborhood and my district and my district only. Oh, sure. I right. will fight tooth and nail. But I will become a thug from you, the east side. But it opens up the possibility for cutting deals. Mm, I don't know. All right. No, that's fair. Um, I mean, I yeah. I mean, y'all, I got a deep basement. I'm a thug. I will fight you. I will say that it, 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 a lot of people think, it, people think it would make elections cheaper. It would. Because you're only focusing on your district. However, it would make people knocking on your doors more frequent, I would think. Because now you're only walking your district and not necessarily the entire city. That's true. That's true this cycle. It wouldn't have been true four years ago. What, what do you mean? If, if we had districts, you would only have to walk your district. Right? right. But knocking on doors, I was getting people from... You know, every candidate essentially came to my door sure. four years ago. Right. Whereas only at-large candidates or my district candidate would come to my door. No, that's what I'm saying. Is you get more, well, I think... Fewer people. Fewer maybe people. more Maybe, visits. maybe. Right. Fewer more people, visits. more visits. But here's the thing, too. Like, you know, let's look nationally. It doesn't matter that the people of Kentucky elected Mitch McConnell, he's fucking up my life, right? right. I mean, that's the thing. I want to know sure. who these other people are. Some neighborhood could elect some wacko, and I don't, and that person has, it doesn't matter that he's not my representative. He's still, or she, is still partially responsible to my experience and my quality of life as a resident of Rockville. Right, and, and, that's, and we'll get to that. But So I think... Not knowing what the districts look like, I would vote for districts. I do think it will pass. Yeah. I don't think the next mayor and council will approve it because the next mayor and council is going to be all congregated in certain areas. They're not going to vote themselves out of of the council. Well, right? they're also yeah. very new, and they're going to have a lot to to get up to speed on. And I think it would take a long time. To However, on this, I think they'll feel a lot of pressure to do it from the voters. However, I think they'll be lobbied heavily not to do it because there are certain areas of the city that would lose power. I think. Yeah. So I don't think the next mayor council passes because if they even talk about it, imagine the the open forums of people advocating for certain districts, right? Because how do you draw, how would you draw it in a way that makes any sense? Right. And then what do you do when eight people want to run from each district? You have an almost, you have the potential for a much larger overall field of candidates for the city to manage. Oh, I predict you, no, no, you absolutely will if we have districts. Absolutely. Um, and I'm voting for it because I actually do want it. If we had a district where it was East Rockville, Swinbrook, and then the area outside the Pike name escapes me right now. Hungerford. Hungerford yeah. area. It's very different, so I don't know that it would end up in the district, but I think you would. I think you'd have the 10 really plugged in people in, the di in that district decide, hey, I got a really good chance here. They already know most of the people in the neighborhood. And I do think you have eight to ten people running 
every cycle, or at least the first cycle. Uh, How do you manage public forums? Do you have district public forums, and then a main? Do you primary? Do you have a primary, Matt? Do we primary? No, each we're, not, we're nonpartisan. Um, no, but I mean, if the if each district is fielding eight candidates or eight, ten, six, eight, ten candidates, how do you manage that? Do you have I mean, a, there? There is the potential answer of why does the city have to manage that beyond putting people on the ballot and letting them vote. Well, are we going to continue to have public forums? Yeah, I don't know that you do. I think, you know, private associations would probably do it, would have the forum. It'd be interesting, and to your other point, I do think you do get some whack jobs who might potentially win, because they're actually popular in their neighborhood, right? Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. All right, Matt, up to you. What do you think? Are you for it or against it? I'm for it. Um, I think it's a problem with Rockville city government that if you talk to most people and say, who's your representative on the council, they, they just have no idea how to have a name. I think it's important to have that connection. Or they all say the same person, like everyone in town thinks the same person is their neighborhood's representative when well, there that, are no... That's the best case, right? I, and, um, you know, running four years ago for city council, it should get me a lot of votes in this one. Um, part of my platform was to you know, decrease voting age to 16, expand voting to non-residents, and um, have a council with four district-based seats to at-large. Yeah. There are, just for the record, there were times when I would be sitting there and I'd look down the row at Matt Perkins and go, we should just go home. He's got this, clearly. Uh, clearly, I yeah. did not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a good way. That's, I mean, that's a good way. Two at large and a mayor who's voting allows you to get things done with essentially one district based person representing the interests of the city. I just feel right now uh, city politics are, are dominated by just a couple neighborhoods. Have been since I first moved here. 1999. I've, I've never seen anything that wasn't dominated by the West End and maybe College Gardens, right? Woodley Gardens. Um, and, you know, potentially King Farm could do it if people wanted to. Maybe they're, maybe this is their coming out year. Uh, but most of the city, I don't think, is really represented on the council. Yeah, to, to your point, I think King Farm is more of a community this watched the cycle than they watch. I think they have more of a history. I've been to some of the events over there. Yeah. I, I get a different feel over there now. People recognize that. But also, um, you know, we think of neighborhoods and then I, if we had only four districts in the city, there would be crossovers between neighborhoods that we don't automatically lump together. Sure. Yeah. Like King Farm is not a quarter of Rockwell. No, no. Right. So do you think it passes? Do I think it passes? Um, no. Whoa. Wow. People, why, why do you think that? People like the idea Remember, of that large? Know, people in Rockville aren't conventional. Like, yeah. it's, it's working. I'll change it. Um, but if it does, I think there's no way the mayor and council approve it. Approve it. You're, so you're working on that. Right. Yeah. Because no they're, you know, they're voted in in the current system and, uh, you know, I only know one person who would go to the wall mm -hmm. for district representation. Right. Yeah. And I think I know who you're talking about, and that 
Conversion really might be of self-interest potentially. Arguably, well, potentially. Sure. Right. I mean, yeah. Just. I just so. if this passes, if we do this thing, what are we going to do to build a tighter knit city culture? Right. It, it's like every. It's just saying it's okay to be the Aztecs and row your canoe into the city once every week to the mayor and council meeting and row back out and keep doing exactly what you were doing before. What are we going to do? Well, I mean, what do you I do? would. Uh, my argument would be that we could serve the whole city, um, and and just again, you know, to bring up an argument that's three or four years old, like all this transit-oriented development happening around Swinburne Metro, like. Name me one new park that is gone in with all these apartment buildings. Fair. Yeah. Fair point. Can I, I'm going to poke a little bit here. Okay. One of the issues in Rockville is that folks aren't as plugged into municipal issues as active folks would like people to be. Right. I predict that if we do get district, people will fight more amongst themselves uh, amongst districts people will be more plugged in in order to fight right and maybe that's a good thing because you have people more interested right you'll have district representatives have an incentive to get people to turn up and more of an ability to turn up to mayor and council to advocate for stuff so i think the districts we would fight more but i think that's a good thing okay so but there will but, be a sense of community. I, like there is a family Thanksgiving where you just fight all the time. Okay. That's my but, So, okay. So, um, Rockville Metro Station is going to get redeveloped. It's the, it, it needs it, right? It right. needs it. And in order to do it, we have to have a public-private partnership with a developer who's going to put in housing and possibly on both sides of Rockville Pike. Right? The 55 building is vacant. It's up for auction, or it was up for auction. I don't know what happened with it, but it, it, you're looking at redevelopment. When, you, when we redevelop the Rockville Metro Center, it's going to be East Rockville all the way to Town Center. Okay? So, who gets a say in what happens when East Rockville says, it's our district, we don't want it? Right? It's the best thing for the whole city. For the whole city that that station's redeveloped yeah, but, the but we could have an right. activist district who says we don't want it we like our our old semi quasi historic neighborhood we don't want that yeah, here there's only one vote on council right six other votes can outvote them well they could but they'd fight for it you know what i'm saying like i think oh, it sure. just i think it just i think it causes people to act more in their self-interest and less altruistically and that I just yeah, I, I, I disagree. I think the altruism is actually self-interest disguised. Is oh yeah, I'm with Matt. You know, I me and Matt, I agree oh, with you Matt. You guys are getting I, too no one, too down. The, the so fight from East Rockville in that situation may actually force some type of compromise that makes it 
better. And just for the record, I don't think East Rockville's going to fight. I think everybody's kind of excited about it. But it, just, listeners, you, you've heard it here first. Susan Pippen is the only altruist person in Rockville. I agree with Matt. Everyone's it's about self-interest. Oh my That's God! That's part of the end of democracy. But, but Barry's the nicest man in Rockville. Yeah. He so is. He's probably altruist. Barry is the nicest. That's why we're having pancakes right outside the city limits. I mean, it's, um. it's just funny how like altruistic sentiment so often aligns with self-interest. Right. I, I, I don't like to think that though, right? I don't want to think that's true. I don't want to think that that's true. I want to think that we could all work better together. And this is probably why I lost last time. I just think we should all do more together. I mean, no one was as surprised as me when like people set up mean things about each other and me and all that at the camp the last campaign. It was a real eye opener. Shouldn't have been, but it was. Um, but it's like I just don't I don't know I don't get it. I hear what you're saying, I think it's awful. I mean I don't think you're awful. I think that this sentiment is you're probably right and it's horrible that altruism and self interest are the same. No, thing. no, no. I I mean that maybe that's a flippant way of saying it, but I mean people want to do what's right, but it, it often aligns with you know what, they can, they what works for them that what works right. for them is right. It's yeah. it's right. good to have somebody come up to you and check you occasionally yeah. and say, you know what, that actually doesn't work. Well, I need, now I need a puppy and a weighted blanket and a hot cocoa, so maybe we should move on. So I was gonna say we're hitting over an hour. We and are. no one's listening at this point, so let's do where have we recently okay. yeah, there may three. be some high school kids with homework that have to listen to <laughs> I don't care. Welcome to the halfway point. And I don't care what they think or have to say about anything. You know, it was just, oh my God, I'm a former high school teacher. I find that so offensive. I just find that so offensive. So three new places I've eaten at okay. is Hello Vietnam in Tillenbrook. Fantastic. Looks They're still expanding their menu. Very good. I had their banh mi and I've had their soup. I ate at their restaurant when they were in Pike Kitchen or their stand there and it's still good. I also ate, even though I've lived in Trimbrook now for a very long time, I've never eaten at Hawajan, the Korean barbecue place in Trimbrook. I mean, not so good. Other better Korean places in Rockville, in my opinion, but still, you know, decent. And then the third place, I finally got to Ethiopia's, which is the Ethiopian food on the pike next to your castle ice cream. Oh. That's got great ratings from Yelp. So I will say this, as I grew up in Vegas, and nobody knows this, but Vegas actually has fantastic Ethiopian food, and I've eaten lots of Ethiopian food in my life. And what I would say about Ethiopians is if you've never eaten Ethiopian food, it's actually a good first, it's a good place for newbies to get their feet wet on Ethiopian food. However, if you're like me, and you're with a group of people who really love Ethiopian food, probably not going to want to eat there because it's not very spicy. So, but it was good. My wife, who had never eaten Ethiopian food, and my child, who had never eaten Ethiopian food, loved it. And, you know, it was good for them. So that's where I'd be. Your daughter's a good eater. Yeah. She's always impressed me by her. Like, she does not, like, cry and ask for dinosaur nuggets. She, she just eats whatever you put in front of her. That's yep. awesome. How about you, Matt? Any new places? Yeah, I love Vietnam. Um, actually, just ate there again last week and um, took one of our candidates, Paul, which is uh, Paul Scott. He loved it. He was very good with the armor and everything. Made him do social media posts. Yeah. 
Um, really good. They have like um, these crab egg roll type things. Yeah. They're good. And so, so I'm really excited to have that um, eight minute walk from my house. Um, I don't know if they had opened yet when I was on the pod. I don't think so. Mustiha Bakery over by Twinbrook Metro next to Sunflower Bakery. Oh, yes. I've eaten there. It's an amazing uh, Greek bakery right now. Uh, they just started operating a food truck, so you can get actual Greek food as well. Well, you might know this since you're number two. What's the other bakery? That so that, that was my other, Mirabeau. Mirabeau. I, I ate there too. Yeah, yeah I, I just noticed it passing by. It's in the apartments on the east side of Twinbrook Metro. It was pleasantly surprised. I, and that's also a 15-minute walk. I'm happy you said that. I was pleasantly surprised. Here's my one knock. Not the best bakery in Rockville. There's other bakeries, but being in Pembroke and having a local bakery and it's like, hey, I'm lazy. I don't want to go all the way to the really nice ones up on the pipe. Good enough. I'm all of a sudden in a bakery-rich environment. Yeah. All walking or biking into the stands from my house. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. The, uh, though, I got a sky there. Their, their food is their Greek, tasty, delectables. Really good. I'm hoping fervently that they'll expand and they're going to potentially get somebody to do coffee pop-ups on Saturday. Mm -hmm. All right, Susan, how about you? Any new place? Sadly, I have done nothing but work. In fact, I worked, started working at 7.30 or 8 this morning and worked until 2. Like when I walked out here and you walked up the driveway, that is when I had stopped working. I have... Any, I, anyway, I'm not. It's not worth talking about. This, but you it's should, horrible. Because you, you work downtown, you could be eat at like Eco House and all the restaurants, oh, right? Um, yeah. We all know I have an on the spectrum love of the Dawson's Hot Bar, and I continue. Like I have not changed. I eat there almost every day. Last oh. week, my staff we had I we went to the burger tent at Dawson's, which is every Wednesday during nice weather. You can get a bison burger, or veggie burger. Salmon fillet on a baguette. It's delicious. Um, I wish that place would have went bankrupt. That's how I feel about it. Oh okay. God. I was at, I but I did. Somehow without city money. Yeah. Which, you know what? <laughs> That's, thank you for saying it. I did that. eat at Armand's Pizza. Dave and I picked up a pizza one night. It was delicious. Armand's Pizza on Halpine in that shopping center with the goldfish. So old school. So let me say this. I love Armand's. It is my favorite pizza. It's really but good. People often say it's Chicago pizza. It is not Chicago pizza. Anyone who says Chicago pizza should be punched in the face. But it's so good. I really don't care. I you don't care what kind of pizza. Playfully in the face, sure. Yeah, yeah, nicely. But it is good. It's great. It's it is my really good. Pizza. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. We'll go back there for sure. We did pick that up one night. Um, I actually was thinking of inviting Bart Yablonski, the owner of Dawson's, on the podcast to talk. Um, about uh, the public-private partnership between Dawson's and the city. I thought that might be a good thing to talk about. Oh, in that case, I love Dawson's. I love Dawson's. <laughs> I love Dawson's. I still don't like to use public money. Yeah, well, so I'd like to hear more about it. I'd like to hear more about this because I think very much that, especially since Bart bought it from the former owner, 
it really is a third place. I mean, I I find Dawson to be the quintessential example of West Bend domination of city politics. Do you really? I because maybe. And on that note, let's. Well, I was just going to say I have a different experience of Dawson's. I don't. I just. You know, you anyway. Mate, we'll we'll keep talking about it. And well, I'd I'd also like to while we're here, um, pour one out for Trues Piper. Oh yes, it closed. Yeah. 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 That's too bad. The only brewery technically within city limits. Right. But nope. I'll go to Supermarks to try my sort of. Yeah. So uh, let's do this again as we get closer to November's election. I think, you know, we'll, we'll, let's talk with, you know, an election night podcast of the up Yeah. Potential. If people are available or run around there. We'll talk Day about after. It. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah. yeah. When results actually right, come right. in. Right, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> That'll right. be a fun conversation. I was in St. Louis till 2 a.m. last yeah. time around and there were no results. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. terrible. All right. All right, guys. Thanks a bunch. Thank you.